Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, as always, Alex, and with me today I have Logan. Uh, good evening, Alex, and uh, everyone. It's a bit more of a positive attitude this week, uh, perhaps ignoring the transfer window to start with and looking at on-field results. And we've finally got a, a positive result in the FA Cup against Nottingham Forest and, and then a, uh, a point at home to Leeds as well, which we'll talk about in just a second. But we'll start with that FA Cup game. And it was interesting, I was saying to Dan last week that uh, funny things about different competitions, cups, whatever it is, that the form of the league can go out the window and you can actually get a decent result once in a while. So that's exactly what it was against Forrest. And we're through to the next round. So what, what did you make of the game, Logan? Yeah, certainly um, draw some, uh, some or mirror some great images from uh, last season when uh, we had that glorious cup run under Mike Phelan and around the same time uh, ended up actually winning a semi-final against uh, Man United nonetheless, uh, despite bowing out on aggregate. So uh, there's definitely some... Uh, some romance in the cup that is, is still alive for us. And uh, I think given the, the turbulent times that we've been experiencing as of late, um, a, a win uh, certainly at home in front of um, a, a very modest crowd um, can't do us any real damage. And, uh, you know, we're looking certainly at this point when we find ourselves in a relegation fight um, to beat a, a team of Nottingham Forest who had, had a couple of big, uh, big victories of their own um, in the league uh, to knock them off was uh, certainly inspiring. And, um, I guess, in many ways, the, the talking point for it that everyone will uh, certainly be uh, enjoying was the fact that Adkins actually decided to put on a, a pretty impressive uh, attacking lineup and um, and they delivered. Yeah, I, I always like a good cup run. I think uh, the 2014 FA Cup cup run will always mean that you know progressing in the cup will always bring back fond memories, and it's 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 never a bad thing I think to win a football match. It's never bad to get some confidence and some game time into players who might not necessarily have otherwise gotten that game time. And we did make some changes. For instance, Marshall coming in uh, bodes well for him to sort of you know get back out on the pitch and, and actually playing games. Uh, you know, Stewart starting the game by all accounts playing pretty well. Evandro as well. Uh, and as you say, it's a very attacking attitude from Adkins and. Um, you know, the cynical view might be, well, he didn't want to replay, so he just sort of wanted to go out there all guns blazing and you know, either we win the game or we lose the game, but don't leave anything out on the pitch. Um, but, of course, he looks quite good. Bowen back in his natural position on the right, scoring a goal. Uh, Dicko looking really good up top as well. So positive signs from the players, and it was, yeah, a, a great performance all round. Yeah, certainly. And I think uh, probably another major factor worth considering is that we have kind of had our backs against the wall and, and to get a, a victory against a team like that, um, particularly at home, uh, whilst uh, I guess that uh, we would be betting far ahead of ourselves to, to think that uh, we're going to go and knock off Chelsea in the next round, although I dare say stranger things have happened and we saw that uh, incredible victory uh, by Bournemouth at, um, at the bridge this morning uh, with a 3-0 a, a win. So, I mean, anything can happen, but... Uh, realistically, I think that uh, our eyes are still on on the league, and um, I, I guess we'll take a win wherever we can get it at the moment. Um, if it does something to kind of change the uh, the mentality of, of those players in the dressing room, who have had a pretty long Christmas, so to speak. Yeah, well, you've just touched on there. We we did get drawn against Chelsea in the next round, and um, you know, I guess the silver lining to the timing decision of it being the Friday night game at 8 p.m. over in the UK does mean 7 a.m. our time is uh, is a relatively palatable time slot. It's, you know, it could be better. It could be the uh, the early game at 10 p.m. So, sort of thing. But 7 a.m., not too bad. Hopefully we can 
get out get a contingent at, uh, at Cheers or other pubs around Australia and, and get a decent showing and one of our very rare televised games this season. Yeah, certainly. And I think that um, now that uh, we have to pay respect that we are no longer considered a big boy, although I guess Hull always uh, will carry that underdog tag when we face Chelsea. Uh, it, is, it will be nice to see that televised game and um, and to have a shot at one of the big boys um, can, can only be a good thing if, if the performance is a positive one. Well, you, you've touched on as well that Chelsea have been in a pretty terrible run of form themselves and, and, and the next round of the Cup isn't too far away. It's only uh, two or three weekends away. So um, seems to be a bit of turmoil behind the scenes at Chelsea and, and I mean, if, if there was any time to, to sort of take them on and, and really hope to get some sort of result, it would be now. But uh, the problematic side of that being that three quarters of our starting 11 defence is Chelsea Lonese. So uh, a few selection headaches down back, I suspect, for Adkins for that game. Yeah, certainly. And I think that um, the, the Chelsea players or the Chelsea Lonese players would have uh, been watching that one, uh, the cup draw, with, uh, with much interest. And uh, obviously not being able to play that game, uh, that will be an interesting one. But uh, I, I guess that um, you probably also need to consider or the, the other side of the coin is that uh, Chelsea certainly aren't having the best uh, Premier League season and um, they'll probably be looking to, to pick up uh, wherever they can. And I think that they would be targeting the FA Cup as one of their uh, their, their biggest chances of, uh, of rendering any kind of silverware this year. Well, we'll preview that game in more detail a bit closer to the event, but we'll, we'll move on to our other result of the week in the league. And it was a rare week without a loss, which is always a good thing. Uh, it was only a nil-nil draw with Leeds, but... We, we definitely looked the more attacking side. It was interesting, I guess, after the Cup game that Adkins still decided to make, I, I think it was five changes in total from that Cup game with McGregor, Tamori, Dawson, Larson and Campbell all coming in. Uh, and it was a rare switch of formation to two up front, which we haven't really seen too much under Adkins. Um, what did you make of the decision to change a winning formula? I, I mean... It wasn't as if the, the the cup team against Forest was an inherently second-string side, apart from perhaps Marshall in goal. So you feasibly could have seen Adkins start essentially the same team uh, and really sort of carry on that, that winning confidence. But he did decide to make those changes, and it's sort of dulled our attacking instincts a little bit. Yeah, I, I also think that we're probably still at a, a filling-out stage, if you will, uh, with Atkins in the sense that he probably hasn't uh, worked out what his um, favourite kind of starting eleven side is just yet and still seems to be kind of uh, chopping and changing a few things. Um, so in his head, I guess, he is still in that you know that phase. Uh, I think that's probably the reason for the changes and he would consider um, all of those players that did come into the squad uh, potentially his, uh, you know, in his starting eleven. So that's probably the reason for the changes. Um, with that being said, I guess that uh, the approach to a league game is always going to be very different, uh, particularly with the, the the manner that we find ourselves in, um, deep in the heart of a, of a relegation scrap, um, and also a Yorkshire derby uh, at home. Uh, it was certainly a game that we couldn't really afford to lose, um, uh, particularly coming off that result against Sunderland um, the week before. So. I, I think that he was probably a little bit hesitant in, um, in throwing the whole kitchen sink at Leeds as opposed to uh, the cup run, uh, the cup game against Forest, where he probably thought, you know, whatever happens here, if we bow out, it's not going to be the end of the world. Um, and and was obviously had, had one eye on Leeds, um, despite that fantastic result against Forest. It's frustrating as well. I've seen noted in a few places that he seems to be... Uh 
very simplistic in his tactical decisions during games, whether it's a, a substitution during the game where it seems very much that he goes for like-for-like like substitutions. He rarely sort of tries to change the dynamic of the game, uh, which is very different from Slutsky, who would always make some quite interesting substitutions at, at interesting times of the match, whether for better or worse. Um it's kind of frustrating in that sense, I suppose, that you know, if we're struggling early in the game, it generally sets the tone for the entire match, and it's now been eight games without a win in the league. Um, you touched on before that Adkins is still sort of settling in and, and, and finding his groove and figuring out his best 11, but what's your sense of Adkins so far as a manager? He, he hasn't been here that long. I think it's just over a month now, but... It, it's, it's interesting to see how much the supporter base is already sort of starting to sour to him. Yeah, but you've also got to remember the time that he's come in. He's, the assignment of, of inheriting this uh, this squad and uh, certainly in the, the kind of turbulent times that we're experiencing at the city at the moment, the guy always had a task ahead of him. Um, anyone who steps into a, a management role under the Alums is obviously got it all to do. Um, we also have spoken in length about Slatsky and the the positives that he had, um, certainly in attack. Um, under Slatsky, we were you know very prolific in our in our goal scoring uh, pursuits, and uh, we kind of found ourselves on the end of some pretty big losses in the sense that they were high scoring games. Um, since Atkins has come in, whilst we may not have always returned the results that we've been hoping for, uh, he certainly has kind of fixed the the other side of the um, of the defence, in, in fact, it was almost non-existent under Slatsky. So whilst you mentioned that uh, the, the subs or substitutions do seem very like-for-like, like, uh, there doesn't seem to be a much stronger resolve about um, about the defence side. I also remember that even under Steve Bruce, when we experienced a lot more success, um, there were many fans that were soured towards the Steve Bruce approach, um, you know, that we weren't having many scoring games and it was nil-all games or, or one-nil games. Um, and even Steve Bruce, who was responsible for, you know, uh, a couple of uh, promotions, uh, seemed to have his kind of sour critics, if you will. Um, so I think it's only natural that uh, that Nigel Atkins experiences the same thing. Um, I haven't I haven't actually made up my mind about Atkins yet, so I can't genuinely say that I'm on the sour side. Um, I'm also not very quick to sing his praises. I think that. Uh, we need to judge him or give his report card um, probably after another another five or five or six games. Uh, but until then, I think that um, we really need to give him that time to to work out his team and work out his formula of how he plays. Um, and and once we've done that, only then will we have a true indication of whether we've signed ourselves a good manager or if uh, if this is a kind of a, a job that's uh, beyond his capabilities. So I guess then it's sort of as a summary of this game against Leeds, do you see it as a point gained or two points dropped? It's certainly two points dropped in the in the form that we had uh, multiple chances and um, were, were the much better side across the the ninety minutes. Um, but in the same at the same sense, we we were probably the better side when we played them at Ellen Road and we're on the receiving end of of a loss because of the um, you know infamous McGregor error. So. Uh, I mean, look, it's uh, uh, you would much rather have taken the point than had a you know a, a performance like we did away from home and, and end up with nothing. So it seems at, at this moment in time, it doesn't matter who we play, even if we're bossing the game, we're not picking up the points, and, and that's the true uh, true concern. Um, Nigel Atkins was very quick to point out to David Burns in the in the post match conference uh, about how many times the ball was in the box and how much we controlled the game, but. The fact of the matter is, we're, we're not picking up points, and 
uh, you know, I think that the the longer we stay in this in this, this bottom three kind of area, um, the more the fans are going to be unsettled because, quite frankly, it's not good enough for the team we have on paper and the quality that we do have in our side. Um, granted, we are missing uh, probably our most dangerous player in Hernandez. Um, we, we certainly shouldn't be uh, where we are. Yeah, so hopefully we can pull ourselves out of that fight in the coming weeks. We kind of say this every week. It just takes a couple of wins and all of a sudden things can look very different. Uh, but we've, we've got to start stringing a couple of wins together, I suspect. Um, we're not going to be able to survive on draws, even if we creep away from the relegation zone a point at a time. Um, we also had today the closing of the transfer window. We'll, we'll have our regular... Uh, De- uh, transfer window special which we'll record and go into depth about our signings players that left or almost left in the case for this window uh, all that sort of thing we'll do that later this week but uh, just on the surface of it we've signed two players a centre back and a winger McDonald and Wilson McDonald from Barnsley on a permanent deal for I think it was two and a half years with an option for another year as the club tends to do with its contracts these days uh, and Harry Wilson on loan as a winger from Liverpool he can play on either wing very prolific at under 21's level I think this is his first exposure to senior football so that's gonna be quite interesting um, one of the comments about McDonald as we were pursuing him in recent times was that he had an iron deficiency which meant that he couldn't play and I think he was going through regular injections of iron to sort of even just get him through his treatments uh, and there's a lot of concern that he wouldn't actually be match fit but uh, by all reports from an interview that he's done recently with the club he's fit raring to go he's been fit for a couple of weeks and, and he's basically uh, available for selection for the weekend so uh, very timely with the injury to Mazouk against Leeds uh, to have another uh, centre-back in the building uh, and always good to have another attacking option with Wilson uh, available who can play on either wing. So with Grzycki injured, as I suspect he is, uh, though that's a little bit unclear, good to have that option for the left wing, allowing Bowen to go onto the right, but giving us that flexibility. So as we're talking about Adkins needing those options on the bench to change games, once Grzycki's fit, it gives us that option of Wilson perhaps coming off the bench to replace either Bowen or Grzycki uh, or, or free one of them up uh, if we want to go more of an attacking, for, free-flowing formation? I think that that has to be the biggest win uh, for the transfer window. Uh, we talk about the, the new players that we've added in uh, McDonald and Wilson, but I think the fact that Krizicki is still on the books at Hull uh, when every kind of opportunity it seemed that he may have been leaving in the in the off-season, um, he was willing to take. So I think it's a, um, it's a huge victory to still have him there, and I think that if we are to stay up, he's going to have to be pivotal in that um, in that pursuit of, uh, of of getting us out of that out of the bottom three. Um, I, I think it's an extremely underwhelming transfer window, um, given the position we're in, and um, even the the kind of bid that we made for uh, for McKenna from Aberdeen. Uh, extremely insulting, I think, um, given the, the the magnitude of, of funds that we had. Um, available to us and that we recouped uh, with the relegation uh, relegation at the end of last season and the parachute payments. Um, The fact that the Alums haven't given us anything um, really uh, kind of points towards uh, uh, kind of reflects on just how poor um, the situation is at the moment and um, the dire uh, situation we find ourselves in with with probably a roster that is, is well below, um, or certainly well below what it was at this time last May. Um, and I think that uh, given the fact that we're now signing a, a keeper from uh, captain of Barnsley who can't make get into the team, 
um, and a, a young, unproven Liverpool uh, winger. Uh, full respect to those players. And I, I think that, um, you know, we're always going to be welcoming to, to new players at Hull and, and get behind them and support them. But I think that it's an extremely underwhelming and a, a kind of sad tale of, of what's to come. And, of course, the uh, the big drama with Dawson, which we, we'll discuss in detail on our uh, on our special episode. But um, almost going to Nottingham Forest today. And then it sounds as if, from, from the latest things that I've been reading about it, that the owners were actually quite happy for him to go. Then there was a bit of uproar, perhaps at the uh, Hall of Fame dinner uh, or, or on Twitter or wherever. And they pulled the plug on the deal and, and he's still here. So it's going to be an interesting one up until the summer where it sounds as if uh, there's essentially a deal in place for him to go to Forest in the summer. Uh, how that's sort of handled by him and by the club um, going forward for the for the next six months? I'm not too concerned about that. I think that Dorse has probably been in, in football long enough and is you know uh, certainly an incredible steward of, of, of Tottenham um, and he's been nothing short of brilliant since he, he did sign for Hull. So I think you know, given the kind of attitude that, that he's always displayed throughout his career, I don't think we have to really worry about him dropping his head in the sense that his performance will uh, will suffer. But I think that the concerning thing is that hearing those reports and the fact that the, the owners were willing to let someone like him go, uh, given the, the worrying schedule of games that we've got coming up and the fact that we're not exactly steaming with uh, with centre-backs at the moment, uh, is is probably the big, the big picture and, and the largest concern. Very concerning indeed. It would have been very interesting if he'd gone. And I mean, I, I suppose Tamori can play centre-back, but it would have been a very much a stretch and then we would have been very low on full-backs as well. It's probably just a reflection of just how little the, the Alums know about football and probably shows how little desire they have to see the club turn around. The senior now has fed Robert Corrin. Would it open up here for Hull? Harper going on the outside. Garcia! Scores this time. He ends his long drought and the whole city strike first in this critical battle at the bottom. Okay, so we've just heard there the last win that we had uh, out at Preston back in 2010. It's been that long uh, with goals from Garcia and also Nicky Barmby getting on the score sheet in a, in a 2-0 win. We've only played there once since then. I think that was in 2015 under Bruce where we had a 1-0 loss. Uh, and then, of course, the fixture earlier this season, which uh, al- it's almost the, the the first signs of trouble in the season. We had a relatively shaky start, the draw against Villa uh, as well. But that loss to Preston, I think that was, it might have been Irvine's first start or first game for the club. Um, and that was probably the first really shocking sort of performance that we put in under Slutsky that, uh, that signaled that we weren't going to be in for a, a comfortable season. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think that also when we look at the, the calibre of team and, and full respect to Preston, um, they're certainly a team that we would have kind of expected to beat um, a lot over the last few years. Um, certainly uh, we experienced some uh, positive times in the championship and, and never really feared them. They were always an opponent that you expected to beat and that we were somewhat giants compared to. Um how times have changed and uh, you would expect them to, to start overwhelming favourites and uh, it's a fair play to them. They're having a cracking season. So I think that this weekend uh, poses an incredibly tough challenge for us and um, I, I think that it's obviously we've got a, an away hoodoo that we, we can't seem to break um, and certainly don't really uh, reek of confidence heading into those battles. But um, yeah, Preston are, are a decent side and I think that it's, it's going to be a, a huge battle this weekend. 
regardless of, of, of what side they put out or what side we put out. I think that they're going to be hard to beat. It's uh, it's an interesting opponent. They're, they're not uh, one of the biggest clubs going around in the league, but I suppose the biggest link between the two clubs is, is probably the former manager, Phil Brown, who has uh, obviously served at both clubs. Uh, and then, of course, when he took over at Preston, he took Ian Ashby with him. So uh, a pretty strong link in that sense, a pretty famous player from City's past who was actually inducted into the... Uh, into the uh, interesting Hall of Fame dinner um, last night in uh, in the UK, uh, into the City Hall of Fame. Um, played for Preston, finished his career at Preston, essentially, and uh, and that's probably the strongest link between the two clubs that I can think of. Um, but yeah, as you say, they're having a great season under uh, under Neil, I think, as their manager this season, and, and uh, sitting in ninth, I think, so just outside the playoff places, really. Um They've looked a little bit shaky of late. They uh, they beat up on a uh, familiar opponent yesterday, beating Forest 3-0. So uh, victims of both teams recently were Forest. But apart from that, they've they've had two draws and a loss in their last four games as well. So uh, it, it's not as if they're full of confidence and, and in flying form at the moment. But uh, as you say, having a great season will start deserved favourites against us. And I think that also, as you said, they're um, sitting in ninth. Um, those playoff sp- uh, places are certainly not too far away. They are um, in in touching distance. And uh, interesting to see Fulham uh, sneaking into the to the six. A couple of weeks ago, um, when we when we played them and led two 0 um, they were kind of just uh, one of the teams that we had our eyes on for uh, for going back to the pack or catching back up and, and finding ourselves in in mid table. So it does show you that. You know, a couple of um, a couple of wins can really uh, boost you up the table and get you into those spots. So I think that Preston will be beaming with confidence and know that um, that this game's certainly winnable for them. And um, you know, they they take three points this weekend and they're well and truly snapping at the heels of uh, of a playoff berth. And conversely, I mean, if we can get the three points in that one, it really at this stage of the season and, and sitting where we are, three points can really make a huge difference and, and spur on a bit of confidence and a bit of form. Um, you know, sort of looking over our shoulder at the moment at the teams behind us with Sunderland, Birmingham and also Burton, not looking, you know, no team is really kind of getting cut adrift at this stage. Uh, I mean, Sunderland lost, I think it was 3-0 in the end to Birmingham uh, yesterday morning. But apart from that... They're all sort of picking up points here and there. I think Burton got a... Uh, well, actually, no, sorry. Burton lost to Reading the other day. But uh, in general, sort of, you know, creeping up on us and not really, you know, letting us pull away from them too much. And it's, it's certainly not worth um, ruling out. Like, if we think about our performances, um, we, the, the teams or the heavy hitters, I noticed that Derby had um, wrestled their way up into second. And we certainly looked pretty comfortable at, about, against them and, and probably should have taken the, the points as well. Um, against Leeds, we mentioned... Um, against Bristol earlier on in the season, that all of those teams that are, you know, but we led Fulham 2-0, um, all of those teams that are kind of at the, the top echelon, we, we don't seem to be um, afraid of, we don't seem to struggle against them. We, we look extremely good against them, um, with the exception of probably Wolverhampton. I think the, the Wolves are the, the one team who this season are um, just that extra level of, um, of class that, um, it kind of has over the rest of the field, but I don't think that anyone else in the in the championship well, we are you know uh, unrealistic to to consider ourselves a chance of beating. So uh, you know, and whilst the, it does look worrying times, and we do find ourselves in one of the most concerning positions um, in in the club's history over the last kind of 10, 15 years, 
uh, I, I think that it probably does do a lot to instill uh, confidence and uh, realism that uh, whilst we do look far far adrift, we're we're probably not as far out of it as we as we might feel. Yeah, and and of course with Hernandez coming back in the near future, hopefully that gives us that cutting edge because I think as as you're right, we we haven't looked too bad against those top teams, and we've certainly held our own against you know the Cardiffs, the Leeds, Derbies of the division. It, it's really just that cutting edge and and finishing touch to really sort of put them away or, or you know get on the score sheet and really reward ourselves for the for the effort we're putting in. So. If, uh, if Fernandez can get back to full fitness or something near full fitness in the next two, three, four weeks and, and we can really start to pay some dividends in, in terms of our attacking ability, who knows, you know, we could start to pick up a couple of wins here and there and, and really push on towards mid-table. Yeah, that, without a doubt. And obviously that's got to be the aim. I think uh, Grzycki, um returning to fitness as well, coming back into the team, I think, in, as you said, in the, the kind of back end of February, start of my, uh, March, we will be fielding a team that will look uh, extremely different to the to the one that's been rolling out. Um, but the player that I'm probably looking to uh, to to also chip in would be Fraser Campbell because again, 12 months ago um, he would have been considered a you know a, a reasonably uh, attractive proposition in the Premier League as a, a as a great striker. So uh, well, the quality is still there, and I think it's just uh, hopefully uh, a changing of fortune and a, a few victories around the corner. Yeah, absolutely. I, I saw an interesting stat recently, which was, I think, the goals scored by the team with Grzycki and Bowen both starting was, I think, 29 goals in 14 games versus 13 goals in 14 games when one or, I assume, one or neither te- neither of them were starting. Um, it, it's a huge difference to have, you know, Bowen on one wing, in his on, on the right wing in his right foot position and Grzycki on the other. Uh, really gives us that attacking impetus. And then, of course, you add in Hernandez if he can get back to something near his best or uh, or Campbell, as you've touched on there. Uh, we suddenly look a whole different prospect. And, and as much as we've sort of criticised or commented on the uh, the lack of attacking under Adkins, his options have certainly been limited when it comes to his uh, attacking players. And the scary thing is, as you as you just mentioned there, Jared Bowen, uh, what a season he's having. And obviously, he's uh, our leading goal scorer by quite some distance. Um, and, uh, and looking at that, uh, that's certainly not a, a signing that the Allens would have banked on uh, having in their, their arsenal that was would become our, our leading goal scorer and our, arguably our strongest attacking threat. Um, if you take away the contribution that Jared Bowen's made um, this season, uh, we would be really, really struggling. So um, full credit to him. And I, I guess that um, whilst it's, it's not a, a household name to, to many people in the championship, it's fantastic to see that uh, a player like Jared Bowen is, is kind of one of the linchpins and one of the, the greatest uh, attributes we have at the club at the moment. And uh, long may it continue. And do you have a, uh, a tip for this game against Preston? Look, I, um, the pessimistic side of me, despite the, um, the positive showing at Nottingham Forest, I think Preston are probably going to uh, be too strong for us. And I can see them scoring two goals. I think we'll probably get on the score sheet, but I'm, I'm going to predict 2-1 Preston. Yeah, I suspect you're right on that one. I, I, I can see Preston getting getting the win in this one relatively comfortably. I think, as I've sort of commented on before, Adkins at the moment at least seems to be very one-tone. Um, I think if we fall behind, it, it's rarely much of a chance to see us get back into the game. So I think if they take an early lead, it could be a 1-0 or potentially a 2-1 game. I, I, I struggle to see where goals are coming from for us at this stage. Uh, but hopefully it pans out a little better than that, and hopefully we can get some sort of result away at press, and it could be uh, 
could be a pretty good one if we can manage it. Uh, but uh, thank you for coming on, Logan. Uh, not a problem, as always. And thank you, everyone, for listening in. Until this time, uh, well, actually, we'll go a little bit earlier next week with our transfer special, wrapping up all of the, uh, the news out of the January window. So uh, probably coming out around Monday, Tuesday next week. Uh, until then, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. There's no turning back cause you're out